Happy New Year in the city where the heat is on. I'll lie on the beach to the break of dawn. It's gonna be a happy New Year. Yay, yay. <laughs> Yeah, what is that, though? You don't know that song? No. Oh, well, that's that's you not having an older brother. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. Although, Catherine and I used to tell people that we had an older brother. Really? Yeah. Just as, like, a do you prank, think, I guess. I'm not sure what the... Do you think maybe you it. did, and then Catherine ate him? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. you, she's so tiny, there's no way she fits. She <laughs> has a twin in there. Yeah, but she is mighty. She's fierce and mighty and scary. Um, okay, folks, welcome back and happy new year. I'm here in New York City. Um, I have a friend on the couch. Um, she wants to say hi. And friend of the pod on the Friend of the pod. Um, uh, and I mean that in a very real way. This is not a sexual partner. This is just a lifelong <laughs> friend of mine. Just because Annie has a girl on the couch doesn't mean anything's yeah. changed this year. If anything, there are more girls than ever and fewer, fewer romantic <laughs> prospects than ever. Um, Claire, would you like to come over and say hello? She just looked at me and sat there forever, and I was trying to buy time, but she didn't budge. <laughs> She's busy trying to become a doctor. Yeah, well, some of us have the skill. Claire? Yeah, hey, Anne. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Hi, Claire. I, so you you flew out to New York just for this moment, is that true? Yeah, only for this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and then you gotta go back. I mean, those business flights, they'll really rack up the miles for you. Yeah, you know, med school gives you a lot of flyer <laughs> <laughs> miles. That's what I heard. Um, Claire, you you are not a not one of our queer listeners, but can you just tell us what you're training for? Because I think it's so darn cool. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not related. <laughs> you are um, not queer, but tell us anyway, I guess, about your life. Well, Thanks, we Annie. still, I just want to say that we, we care I'm about a listener. the listener. We care about the straight community. She we're, is an ally. Allies. <laughs> um, well, I'm a third year in med school in Portland. Wow. I know. And I am training to be an OBGYN. So, yes. I know. It's oh my the gosh. Best. Do you want to talk about lichen sclerosis? Would you like to see oh lots of pictures? Oh my god. Do you want to talk about lichen sclerosis? <laughs> it's I do. I need people who I can talk to about it. Wait. I mean, it's not it's not pretty. No, <laughs> it sure is not. <laughs> but it's really treatable and just a normal thing that yeah. lots of people get. Thank you. Wow. But, yeah, so... I'm so glad we had you on and flew you out here. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for just this moment. <laughs> just to um, ease my anxiety Maddie, do you moment. have any other questions about lichen sclerosis you want to ask? We should, have, um, we should have scheduled this a long time ago. Yeah, seriously. Have you ever had to do, like, the surgery? The, to Or, like, take witnessed it, it? Yeah. Um, I haven't done that specific surgery. But mm, I did do uh, lots of female reproductive surgery when I was on my OB rotation. Wow, that is so sick. I'm, so cool. I had to get I had to get my surgery done last summer at Stanford, and the team of doctors was so fucking amazing. They're they so badass. So cool. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What kind of doctors I mean, are they? OBGYNs. Oh, okay. And yeah, honestly, like OBGYN like surgeons. Being in those like operating rooms with just all women. Yeah. Being so it's badass. So sick. It's just the yeah. coolest thing ever. Yeah, I think I had a team of like five female doctors or something. Yeah. But my doctor who who did my surgery does, like, she, she's one of the few people who does, like, clitoral tumors because they're so scary to operate on, you know? They are really scary. I mean, yeah, yeah you're, there's a lot, of st- a lot at stake there. What's Annie's face look like right now? Will you describe it to me? <laughs> she, Fuck you. You know how uncomfortable <laughs> she is. You, you already know. <laughs> It's not fair that you just how, did that. I can't. How far away from you is she right now? Okay, is so her hand on the doorknob. We're actually tethered to each other right now because we each have one of, her, one of her headphones in and she hasn't invested in AirPods. Um, oh, loser. Um, it's 2020, buddy. So that was, we're, we're too close for her comfort. That that's was for sure. so funny. 
<laughs> wow. She's so red. Um, okay. Look, I know what a clitoris is. <laughs> hmm. Ask any one of my four sexual partners. <laughs> I knew that Kelly... Kelly had changed forever after her, like, gynecology rotation because when I told her about my lichen sclerosis, I was like, I have a bunch of pictures, want to see? And she was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, man, if you told me four years ago that I'd be showing Kelly pictures of my vagina, I would not have believed you. Do you want to see pictures of your vagina? <laughs> yeah, I do. Claire wants I'll to see I'll text him to you. Okay. Perfect. I have to get comfortable with a lot of things that make you not comfortable in med school. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Particularly in the gynecology department. Particularly. Okay, well, guess what? There's a reason why I'm not in med school. <laughs> Simply because I don't want to look at vagina. That's the only reason. Um, just kidding. I'm just, I have, don't have the discipline or the focus for it. Whoa. The only reason I'm not in med school is because the only I'm reason grossed is out I by vaginas. Yeah. I'm also a lesbian, but that's not relevant. <laughs> Under certain lighting, okay? Um, let's see. Claire. Claire just had uh, something published. I did. For the what? first time. Yeah, I know. A medical thing? Yeah, I study um, depression and pregnancy. Oh, Claire. Wow. Yeah. So that's what my it, jam. What was your um, thesis on in your? So piece? I was looking at in women. <laughs> you, who clearly, have... <laughs> I know how I, how to articulate whatever it is. Also, fun fact: I texted Annie to fix to make the graph for my paper because I am really <laughs> challenged artistically, and so actually Annie was published too. I was technically. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. I didn't, Buddy, I didn't that's... tell you. I didn't want to brag. <laughs> that's huge for our empire. Wow. Huge. We've got. Yeah. Who we're, knew that we transgressed into into medical? medical <laughs> we're ghostwriting medical journal entries now <laughs> i also texted annie recently if she would ghostwrite my residency personal statement i forgot oh, i just wow. completely forgot about it but it's normally wow. something that i would love to do i just completely forgot on it's behalf of annie she would be happy to do that thank mm-hmm. you it's like why you have to have friends with different strengths you know honestly yeah oh i had a headache the other day it's been a very long headache and claire did a whole head exam on me Wow. Well, that's not accurate. What would you say you did? A head a neuro, exam. A, a neuro exam. She did a neuro exam for me. Her oh bedside manner was fantastic. <laughs> how, how, how are we looking? How's Annie looking? Um, I mean, <laughs> that's a loaded question, but oh, she did. Oh, yeah, my God. <laughs> but she doesn't have a brain tumor. I have to screen okay, our, right. our interviewees more aggressively. <laughs> Wait, tell me, tell me about pregnant women in depression oh yeah okay so I studied women who have gestational diabetes and then looking at women with depression versus not depression and Mm -hmm. like the adverse outcomes in both during pregnancy and with their babies and basically Mm -hmm. found that women who have depression have way higher chance of having a baby early higher chance of having uh, high blood pressure having babies with neurologic problems so it basically shows that, like, there just needs to be way better screening and attention to mental health. I mean, all the time, mm-hmm. obviously, but especially in pregnancy and that women should get on medication if they need to. And how is, how is the diabetes related? So gestational <laughs> diabetes and depression are actually, like, caused by, like, similar mechanisms of, like, high stress mm-hmm. hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and women who have gestational diabetes are more likely to be depressed during pregnancy. Wow. And vice versa. Wow. My God. Yeah. So that was cool. We just all learned so much. I, yeah. That, damn. That 10 minutes in, we're just... This is 2020, everyone. We're not slowing we're all, down for anyone. Yeah. 2020, we are educating you whether you like it or not. <laughs> I am... My, my sister-in-law is pregnant, my brother's wife. What? And it's been so exciting, and I was just home for the holidays, and I felt my nephew kick for the first time. <gasps> that is so exciting. It was like, uh, I can't even, uh, it was so incredible. I, mean, I was like, we're all, it's insane. we're you're all just a sitting, human. yes, like we're all just sitting around eating and you're sitting around and eating and also you have like a baby just swimming around in there doing flips and like you're growing a human. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so wild. How's she doing? Is she being like, has pregnancy she- been rough? It's actually, she seems happier than I've ever seen her. Like, yeah. she just, they both are so happy. And um, and I think, like, it's really weird. Like, she already is different. Like, she's a mom. Like, she just Aww. became a mom instantly. 
and they're both so excited for the baby and That's so um cool. yeah i think she had some sickness and stuff towards the beginning but now yeah. i think she's she, i think she really enjoys being pregnant actually that is I think amazing. The, not the, the second case for trimester. A lot of women. Yeah, I know. I know they're really fortunate for sure. I think they were so nervous about like the early stages, like health yeah. things, and like yeah. getting through all the all the whatever markers. But they're just so excited. And then my parent, my you don't know my parents that well, but they're just like I'm two sure. people. Two people could not love babies more. Like Aww. they already both are just so obsessed with small children. And now it's, like, every, traveling with them, like, every single stranger we interacted with, my mom would be like, I'm going to be a grandmother soon. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then people would look at me and be like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> and I'm like, no, another no, sibling. No, it's not me. <laughs> By the way, everyone, excuse my cough. I am recovering from bronchitis, so that's what you're hearing on my end. You sound great. Another reason why we brought Claire on. Can mm-hmm. you confirm it yeah. sounds like bronchitis? Yeah, it sounds just like bronchitis. <laughs> nice. Doing, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, do you, do you have any tips for me? Um, I mean, you're you're getting better already, but... Have you, you done any studies on... Listening. Have you done any studies on heartbreak and acquiring bronchitis but from crying so much? Depression is linked to your immune system. Absolutely. Oh my okay. god, I beat her to the answer, but I was right. <laughs> wow. What I've Tell me more. through med school is you just like say things that sound right. Absolutely. And, and mm. it, it can be based in nothing and people will believe you. Have you that been doing sounds that? like yeah, I would be really good at Is that what you did in your it. journal article? No, that's not what I did in my journal article, but that's what I do with you every time you text me. Oh my god, what? <laughs> okay, well, here's my anecdote. That's I'm what not you a did doctor. In her- but dot 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 um when I was in college I was really depressed and I was just sick all the time because I just like wasn't getting better and I was not getting sleep and I was Mm -hmm. just very vulnerable I feel like and then in New York I've been so happy sometimes that like I'll feel a, a, a throat scratch come on and I've been not depressed so I've been like it'll pass by tomorrow and then it passes by tomorrow it's just like my mindset and just like sleeping and taking care of yourself. Yeah. Are you telling me that my mindset gave me bronchitis? <laughs> your heartbreak affected your brain. Your heartbreak is eating away at your brain in a, in a way that's permanently damaging. Okay, that's a little dramatic. <laughs> Claire, can we get her out of here? Yeah. I'm going to take over, Annie. Well, it's time for me to move out of New York. <laughs> what else do we need from Claire before she gets back to studying? What are you studying? Um, I have an exam on Friday for, like, all of internal medicine, so that's pretty horrible. These standardized tests, they just, like, suck the soul out of you. I know. What are your opinions on the institution of med school? Do you feel like it is limiting to people who would be great doctors, who um, it doesn't play to their strengths, or do you feel like it's necessary to have such, you know, rigor? Obviously, we need our doctors to be well-qualified. I mean, I think it's pretty torturous. Especially the first, like, two years, where it's just nonstop studying. But it's pass-fail for, like, the classroom part, which is better. But Mm. I have been, like, so much happier in rotations than I was just studying. Mm. Right. But I do think that that, like, plays to my Do you get to actually practice once you're in rotations? Like, you get to... You get to, like, pretend to be a doctor. It's the coolest thing ever. Right. But it's, it's, like, also... I mean, we do have to work, like, 14-hour days and... Right. Well, I once heard on a podcast, um, like, a neurosurgeon was speaking, and he said that, like, the way that med school is, it's, like, like, with all of the studying before ever, like, touching a human or, like, working on them, it's, like, studying to be a ballerina by reading textbooks. Yeah, which doesn't really work. Right. Like, surgery in particular is such a physical activity. Yeah, I've learned like, so much more on rotations than I did in the two years before, and then also the right. four years of undergrad before that. Right. But, but, but then it, I guess it's also good to, like, know the basics of everything before even being allowed to yeah. experiment on a human. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure whoever set up med school knows what they're talking about. I'm just being, a, being an idiot. I don't know. It's probably a lot of there's white some, dudes who did it. Definitely yeah. a lot of white dudes. So... There's probably something that we could fix about it. And also, I mean, I go to med school in Portland, Oregon, so it's relatively humane compared to others. Mm-hmm. But it's still pretty horrible. 
do they have um what is it called like compassionate killing or whatever in in Oregon Not yeah assisted they do assisted suicide yeah I haven't been a part of any of those conversations but mm. we, we talk about it like in our ethics classes the first couple years mm-hmm. um yeah Oregon actually has like very loose laws like on that and then I mean also there's no abortion laws so both of those mm-hmm. like ethical debates right are like it's like fun to be there like in med school there where like we talk about those things all the time and like where you can like offer patients whatever care that they right. want but it's very like provider specific like right. only some people will be willing to do that have you had to do any, like, abortion or those types of things in your... Yeah, I had two weeks on family planning as part of my OB rotation. Um, cool. So, I, yeah, I was in Planned Parenthood, like, twice a week, and then also in the operating room doing late-term abortions. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be, and I'm, I mean, obviously very pro-choice and you know but it was just like just having to like acknowledge the moral complexity of it right was like a new challenge but I'm so happy I right. was able to do it and like those providers are just amazing yeah who like and it's just it was really really cool being part of that care for women and just like being able to what like was have, the sen- it was like such a privilege what was the scenario for, like, a late-term... Like, what, it was health... I assume health stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, in Oregon, you can... There's no laws, so people can terminate pregnancy at any gestational age. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, later and later, it, like, becomes more of, like, an ethical conversation and, like, usually, like, is pretty much always because of health issues. Right. Um, oh, it was It was crazy, though. I mean, they're all in the operating room. It's, like, very much just surgery but yeah it's incredible but like in Oregon at least they're able to just like offer women that service and I mean people travel from here <laughs> right how did you decide to do gynecology did you just know right away that you wanted to do it or did you um it's kind of evolved through med school but I just felt like it's a good combination of surgery and advocacy and policy mm-hmm. and just I mean like the favorite part for me is just like being able to like make a hard uncomfortable situation better for women and being able to like practice women's health every day is just the coolest thing ever wow well I can't wait for you to graduate and become my doctor you're amazing thanks 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 for coming on thanks for having me guys that's right folks I'm still here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you still there buddy we just talked about such good question I was just learning a lot from what you were asking and what and Claire's response is do you guys have any have you guys had any conversations in your classes about like queer health policy or like, or, you know, how to serve, how to service? Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a really great structural competency curriculum that some students started like two years ago. Um, so during our first year of med school, we like have conversations on a different topic like every other week that's led by students who develop curriculum. We have like on. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, on, like just on like racism, sexual identity, mm-hmm. just like all social justice topics, and mm-hmm. so I think that we're fortunate to be able to have that education. Um, right, that's great. Yeah, and I mean I use it in practice all the time, and I feel so lucky that I'm able to like have the knowledge and be able to learn how to specifically apply it to healthcare. Right, and I mean even Dude. in rota- like in rotations, like on my OB rotation, um, there's a woman at OHSU who started a gender affirming surgery clinic for hysterectomies um which was so cool to learn from her Hmm. I bet that's what I was just gonna ask is if gender confirmation falls under the gynecology umbrella it does for it's like a combined effort between plastic surgery and gynecology Mm. oh Um, interesting so like the surgeon in charge of it would need to have specialize in both to start no that it's just that like for different or... surgeries it's like different specialists mm. but yeah it was really amazing and I like loved working with all of her patients and it was really really cool being able to provide that and that's why Obi-Wan is just like you I can do everything right yeah you really you yeah. really can service like such a broad it's not just pap smears exactly it's we 
This is really interesting because we had um, Annie's good friend Miranda on, mm-hmm. also now my good virtual great friend I was friend just going to talk about the friend of the podcast, Miranda, and because they gave me a little bit of a, a lesson on anatomy and biology, and it was very exciting. When? Recently? Yeah. What did you learn? For I learned that everyone starts with the same genetic g- genital material mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. yep. it just that's why men ha- that's why men have nipples yeah and then vaginas just become penises yep mm-hmm. yeah. so that when you are doing an affirmation surgery to turn a penis into a vagina mm-hmm. you just invert it and then it that's the basis of the surgery pretty much how do you turn a vagina into a penis um, harder so yeah so it's you have to like do a phalloplasty um, which is to like create a penis on top of the clitoris, and so they usually mm. like do some hormone therapy first to enlarge mm. the clitoris, and then do the phalloplasty after that. But I mean, do you still? And that's plastic you, surgery. Because isn't that. a penis just right. a kind of really j- large clitoris? Yeah, yeah. They're like the same organ. They're just different, different shapes. Wow. I said the word clitoris. Oh. I didn't blush. Uh-oh, a little. <laughs> That's really fascinating. So then with a with a phalloplasty, is that what you said it was? Did I say that right? Yeah. Phalloplasty. Can does there does the urethra go through that? Like are you now able to pee through that? Yeah, I think that that's what Is that is I that a sensitive so. question? I don't even know if that's if I'm no, being I, appropriate. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's what they do. I well, we'll have to find out. Yeah, I can do some research. We got Doctor Claire it's, on the job. Well, this is just this just reminds me of you know all of the complex things that our trans friends have to go through. Like yeah. I even even when Miranda was on, um, just talking about top surgery, and I was really curious about them researching that, and I was mm-hmm. just like, how do you find? How do you know? who's a good doctor like where do you even begin if you're curious about it and yeah. they mentioned a lot of resources which was cool yeah um, and I mean it's becoming such a bigger part of plastic surgery training which is so great oh, but awesome. you, all, you have to be in the right place where like people are like right s- like specifically do right surgery right wow well, you're amazing. That was just sorry to bombard you with jumping on the podcast. This was no, completely was improvised. We had no idea this was happening. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Thanks this for coming fun. on. Come on anytime. We'll let you know when we have more questions about vaginas. Yeah, please. Come back. Come back in twenty minutes. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, right, Claire. Thanks, Claire. Bye. Thank you, Claire. Um, that was my friend Claire, everyone. Woo! Claire and I have known each other since she was born. Two months after I, me. It's so amazing. Oh <laughs> what did you accomplish in those extra two months? Um, I will have you know that um, <laughs> I just was starting to think about how much less I've accomplished than Claire. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> um, the head start didn't, didn't get me anywhere. In fact, if anything... Thank God you had that head start. Yeah. If anything, um, I was like, you know, I was younger than everyone in my class, where Claire was older than everyone in her class, so maybe mm-hmm. it actually was to my detriment. Mm. Not a confidence builder. Mm. I don't know. You know, I feel, I, I, feel I think I think you turned out okay. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Not great, but definitely okay. Yeah, well, okay's a start. <laughs> it really is just incredible, though. Like, I'm, I'm constantly blown away by our peers and what they accomplish, just looking at all of my friends from high school. Yeah, and here we are, just recording a podcast, and... Here we are. Yeah, yeah, but who are you, who are you listening to right now, bitches? Bottom line, sorry for the interruption, I was gonna say, our peers are doing way just the most. <laughs> yeah, we, sorry. we know some, we know some cool people. Um... When do you, what's on your agenda this year? You're, you're applying to some cool classes? Oh, um, I applied for some, like, more advanced improv type of things. So we're waiting to hear back on that. 
And it's at the same theater that you've been going yep, to. Yep, same theater. Um, and Where then I, I, have... I happen to know that you're the personal favorite of all the teachers <laughs> and students. You. Um, yeah, they told whoever's me. Whoever's informing you is very biased. Here's, I have written in my planner. <laughs> you. Some hopes, yeah, some hopes and dreams. Get on a house team. That's improv related. Grow okay. LSF. That's that's where we come in. Oh, I thought you were going to say LSD. No. <laughs> I don't think you can. you grow it? I do not know, but you don't know a lot about drugs. I know. Um, work on something so scripted. Maybe grow LSF, do LSD. Yeah, right. Okay. And then I have some there. teaching goals, and then I have sell one copy of Fred, my book. What do you mean? What do you mean teaching goals? Um, well, I'm going to teach one day at Ethics. I'm sorry. I'm going to teach one day at Duke. Wow. In March. Um, With Adam? Yeah. Adam's class? And then I'm going to teach, Amazing. I hope to, to teach at Branson again if I can. Oh, I hope so too. Um, I just responded to a Twitter, <laughs> a Twitter post where someone teaching at City College in New York said, is anyone out there interested in teaching an um, anthropology class about gender and sexuality? And so I responded and said, I am. Here's all my qualifications. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, Making shit happen. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if that's... What, what if you just show up and you just thought it was your personal anthropology? Your personal right, development? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so I had to, like, do a, a quick brag on Twitter write, and be like... Write this down, kids. 1993. <laughs> it all began um yeah so I had to like really brag about myself in a really quick twitter fashion mm-hmm. um but it, it wasn't that bad I 140 was like, characters have a master's in in public policy extensive research on women in education through sociological and psychological lenses have taught courses at duke and wrote several lectures and seminars oh my gosh yeah so I just did it who knows what that's gonna happen um you and then, honestly any getting jobs is just all about promoting yourself and and then showing up and figuring out when you're there yeah and so I then my last goal my last hope and dream is to sell one copy of Fred one copy yeah well you know that means that it's done it's like I couldn't just say finished book because there are many definitions oh, to finished book right so I said sell one copy well you know you're gonna accomplish that goal right I don't know I don't know because I've I'm saving up I'm saving up now to buy this book you're saving up $18? Yeah. Okay. I think maybe maybe by the time it comes out, I'll be almost there. Okay. <laughs> and then my resolutions are to eat less meat. Also, I've just been meaning to ask, unrelated, can I borrow $18? Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> um, I get it. I, I, I hate that you just genuinely are like, oh, poor Maddie. There she is again. I just, I'm not poor Maddie, but the number of times <laughs> that you've genuinely only had $7 is a lot. And I want to acknowledge that I would offer that if, I, if you needed it. Some of us, some of us live hand to mouth. <laughs> yeah, and you're and doing great, buddy. We're figuring it out as we go. Um, um, do you have any goals and, and resolutions? I have a whole piece of paper, actually. Did you write anything on it? <laughs> It's, I'm trying to read it. It looks very snowy, white. <laughs> yeah, so I have um, <coughs> a work set section. Okay. Um, so it's working from home. It's just really challenging for me to find structure. And so I'm you don't instituting. You need to tell me twice. <laughs> so I'm instituting like a standing work schedule. Cool. Um which will help me a lot. And then um, I want to take more leadership on some of our client calls. So um, kind of start – I'm on a lot of our calls right now, but um, I want to take the lead more on some of them. And um, I have a few more stuff that is just very specific to what I do on my work section. And then <laughs> health-wise, I have a health section. Okay. And um, – I want to do yoga every day for all of January. Shut up. Um, Have you been doing so far? So, so <laughs> well, bronchi. <coughs> doing good. <coughs> I um got really, really sick over break, like the sickest I've been in a long time. So, um, I did yoga the first two days of the month, and then I was like, I think I need 
a, a few more days off before I get started. So that it's a kind of a shitty way to start the clean slate, but I've been kind of looking at Monday tomorrow as my like clean start of the new year. Great. So I have a unlimited um, membership at a yoga studio I really love. So I got in there really early when they first opened. So I pay eighty five a month and oh, I can man. do un- unlimited yoga there. Oh, that's um, a deal. Yeah, I think it's like one fifty a month now or something. Jesus, they, you got that rate yeah. locked in. I know. So, um, so I can go there. They have a ton of they have three studios and lots of classes. And then I also have the Nike Training Club app. So, um. I can do just like a 30 minute, even if I don't have time to leave the house or like can't make a class work, I just want to do a minimum. So my, my goal number one under health says 30 minutes minimum a day for all of January. Cool. So, so even if I do another form of exercise, I still want to just do 30 minutes like at night in my house. Like it can be a really low key, like wind down one. Um, if I could recommend, I have a, a yoga app that I do. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. It's called Down Dog. It's free, and it's... Um, oh, cool. I, do, I can do yoga in in my building. That sounds great. I'll download that. Great. Um, and then once my bronchitis ends, um, so again, I think I need another couple weeks. Like, this might have to start mid-January or early February because it's really deep in my lungs right now. But um, I want to do two times a week minimum running. So mm. I um, used to really love running. I ran cross country in high school. I was running like six miles a day back in my prime, and I really loved it. Um, and then I kind of fell out of love with it, and I feel like um, I could really, if I can start super small, super easy, super low pressure, I think that'd be great. And two week- times a week is not a big commitment, especially mm-hmm. if I'm not, I don't want to make any, time or distance goals like I literally just want to do do it twice a week like that just get that for a few months in that's a really tangible goal I've come to really like me I've come to really like running um and I used to really Mm -hmm. hate it my entire life but Mm -hmm. um once I when I broke my leg and I realized that I was like unable to suddenly I really wanted to and then my attitude about running totally changed when I started running again so I feel like it used to be uh, um, I would hold myself to some standard and be like, you're running so slow and like you have to run these many miles and, and you're so yeah. blah. But when you are coming from a place where you know that actually you're starting from zero, you're, you're mm-hmm. regaining functionality. Yeah. Um, and you're, you just get really proud. So you start, you know, running, running for 30 seconds and then walking or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. you start to be really, really grateful for when you can run and you're suddenly like, Oh, I can't wait to do that again. So it kind of changed my whole attitude. Instead of measuring how far off I was from being a good runner, I started measuring how much I was running versus like being unable to. And all of a sudden I just right. really started to, to enjoy it. Um, and I don't right. hold myself to any standards and I try to try to just get some distance goals instead of speed goals. Right. Um, yeah, and... I think that's kind of everyone's biggest mistake running-wise right. is that they go too hard too soon. No, I and, go slow. Yeah, and I like what you said about starting from scratch because then you didn't have any expectations. You're like, no. I have no ability right now, and I just want to do something. And if but... people would run by me, I'd be like, that's okay. <laughs> you probably didn't break your leg. Right, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, we all have our and... own broken leg, whatever the metaphor needs to be. And, like, I've had great coaches be, like, if you're miserable, like, slow down. Like, you're running too hard. Like, it right. doesn't have to be a miserable thing, especially when you're – like, once you're in shape, then you can push yourself and all of that. But yeah, getting, and I have had Getting moments. in shape is about feeling good and running really easy and just setting a timer maybe mm-hmm. and making it that whole amount of time no matter how slow you go or something like that. That's a great strategy. And, yeah, sometimes when I'm, when I'm feeling, like, good about running and I've been doing it consistently – I'll have moments where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to really run fast um, right. for a little bit and just see how that feels. And instead of right. being excruciating, you're like, okay, this is a good challenge, but it's hard, but it's good. Um, right. So go slow. I mean, I also want to say that I I went up and down with, with how well I did. I suddenly, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like I just ran more every day and right. got up to four. It would be like I ran, I finally ran two miles, and then all of a sudden I was really sore for a long right. time, so I didn't run two miles. And eventually right. I got past two, or then I got to 2.5, and then I would go down right. again. So I just never, it wasn't like every week I was like, oh my God, you ran less than last week. Every time I try to say, right. you know what, the, I had the week that I had, and I ran what I could after that week, and right. and just be grateful that you can. And so it totally changed everything about how, how I view running. I feel like everyone who tries to pick up running wants to do like two or three miles. Mm-hmm. And then and then they'll do that right away, and then they'll be like, that was hard, and they get injured. Like, if you run too much too fast, you just mm-hmm. get injured. No, like I start, yeah. if you're not yeah. used to running at all, a mile even could be too much for you, depending on where you're at. Definitely. Like, I would run .1 miles, and then I would walk .1 miles, and then I would, you know, that's where I, that's where I started. How long has it been since you broke your leg? Mm, two and a half years, I think. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, you, just start for as, as start at walking if you want to. Yeah. Well, I, I can definitely walk. I, my, basically, I put two times a week on here because I think that's really tangible and I can totally make myself do that. Like, I'm not going to try to become like a running fiend and run all the time because I know I'll overdo it and then it won't excite me. Mm-hmm. I want it to just be a thing where I'm like, oh, I've, you know, it's Wednesday and I haven't run yet this week. I'm going to try to get in a run today, maybe another one tomorrow. Yeah, great. And then um, I was trying to think, I don't really do, I think food is really, really tricky, especially as like a young woman. Um, I don't want, I don't really like to put limitations on myself that can, you know, edge their way into unhealthy dieting. Um, But so I decided to just say, Um, until I'm going at the end of the month, I'm going on a trip with all my friends. So I'm saying no fried food until then. I'm just going to not, because basically I've been eating so many French fries since I got dumped. They're just like my comfort food. And I'm like, that can't be good for my arteries and stuff. So I'm not going to focus on like all sorts of different diety things or like cut carbs or anything like that. Or I don't know what people do to be healthy, like no dairy or there's all these things you can do, but I just tried to pick one item, and I'm like, I could last three weeks not eating French fries or fried food. So I don't know that that's I could. My... I love French fries. I do too, but I haven't had any, and it's already the fifth. <laughs> it's five it's already in five days. <laughs> Day five. No French fries. I, I dreamt of an onion ring floating in front of me. <laughs> um, great. Um, and then... And then I have this ankle injury, so I want to do more just, like, stuff to get that better. And then also under my health category is, it's so ridiculous. I've lived in L.A. since 2010. I need to just get a doctor down here. I still go up to Marin for all my doctors. It's ridiculous. So my goal this year is to get a dentist and get a general doctor um, and go see them. Great. So that's me as an adult establishing myself here and just finding. Like, it's so embarrassing anytime I go to, like, urgent care or something, and they're like, who's your general physician? And I'm like, oh, I don't have one. You're like, really? <laughs> you should get one. Um, so that's, I said, work and health. And then I have a music section. Um, I have a cover of a Bowling for Soup song that I want to record this month. Cool. Um. I want to finish five demos by the end of January. I have a lot of, a ton of musical ideas I've started on in the last few months. Wait, but musical I, ideas like musicals or musical ideas like they're music related? <laughs> Not like musicals, like <laughs> music related. Great. I've, I've written like four or five ideas for musicals that I really need to finish. I would be very impressed if that was true. No, I, I have a lot of song song beginnings and ideas um and usually you know I kind of Sheck was really good at helping me sift through them and pick ones that we both really liked and then helping me flesh them out and like finish them so I I want to do that play that role for myself so um I want to get just five demos made they don't have to be the final product but something that I could give to a producer and be like here's the song generally great um 
And then I want to get one show on the calendar by the end of January. So, like, kind of start brainstorming playing live. Um, Sundays are podcast days. Um, We're going to do a whole section of podcast goals. And then um, budget-wise, I want to consolidate my loans. And then I have stuff around the house and miscellaneous. I want to get a separate desk for music and then have it set up for my as my little workstation separate from where I do mic requests and everything and that'll be where I can make my demos and and go to work great so those are all my goals and then I also have a section (laughs) that's um, a list of things to look forward to because I was feeling really really emotional as you know around um, the holidays I was so sick and I saw Madison right before I, like the day before I came home for Christmas, um, <coughs> unexpectedly saw her, really threw me. It was our first time talking in person since she dumped me, and um, it shook me a lot. And then over break, I don't know why the new year just felt so daunting, but I just kind of like, I felt like there was this whole year stretched ahead of me, and I have no tangible things really that I'm looking forward to and I don't I don't know what my future looks like you know it's like you have a general idea of your future when you're with someone and you're committed to them so I was just feeling um a little bit depressed I kind of as we've talked about I'm I tend more towards anxiety than depression and depression is a little more unfamiliar to me but (laughs) but I was just feeling a little bit like of a loss of hope um, for a few weeks there, I was just in a low place. And so then a few people suggested, like, they were like, that's not true. You have so much to look forward to. So I made a list of things I'm looking forward to. Um, like I have this trip with my friends coming up, my high school friends. I've got my new baby, my new nephew. I signed up for a pottery class I'm excited for. Um, Anyways, there's just a bunch of, I have a few weddings and stuff. And then I made a list of people who I'm always like, oh, I should hang out with them or oh, I should invite them over. But then it just kind of doesn't happen. So I literally wrote down the names of all these people who I'm like, I want to see them. And then next time I'm feeling sad and like, who should I hang out with? I can refer to this list. I did the same thing. I made a list of people I need to connect with. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, tell me your goals now. because I, I did. I already mind. did mine. Oh, you did. You just didn't, maybe didn't listen, I guess. It was so long ago. I yeah. just talked for so long. No, well, I have my main project. So I have that I need to complete the book. I need to find work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some comedy. I just says comedy. And oh, yeah. I remember now all your goals. And then LSF and then musical research. So I want to... Um, I've been thinking about a musical for like a year and a half to two years and I think mm-hmm. part of what that should look like is me like going through musicals that I like and being like okay what is th- what function is this song serve what function is that song serve right. because I think that the whole structure of a musical feels really overwhelming to me because I wasn't a musical theater mm-hmm. major but if I can right. break it down if I can help myself and not be like you have to make the most creative musical of all time like Hamilton yeah it's like no actually I can just do a musical where it's pretty much like paint by numbers and yeah you know that this song has to happen, and this is what the the in, the, the uh, intermission looks like, and this is what the intermission. The, no, the um act one closer. Like this, this is, is what the this is what the snack break looks this like. Is, this is how many raisinets you're gonna sell. Um, yeah, we're gonna like be that. groundbreaking. We're gonna have a bunch of crunch in our yeah. theater. Um, and then we have <laughs> life stuff. I get an eye exam. Also find a dentist. Get a checkup. A new psychiatrist. Um. Yeah, we gotta get your psychiatrist out of here. Yeah. Um, eat less meat, meditate every day, leave apartment more, spend less money. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, spend, I had a, spend less money is my unspoken one. Get a, I got a great meeting with my friend who's a, my comedy ally yesterday, and so mm-hmm. we had like I just her creative energy really excites me, and I think I hope vice versa, and so it's. Um, it's nice to find someone to like, just like you and I were like, oh, we should do a podcast and it kind of became this fun thing to do together. Um, I don't know that I've ever had someone who really wanted to like take comedy seriously. Mm-hmm. Like Lauren and I used to joke about all the, or like have, have ideas for web series episodes all the time, but it's not like she actually wanted to do yeah. that. So finding those type of people 
is truly magical. Yeah, it really because is. Because it takes such a weird type of courage to take yourself mm-hmm. seriously. I or agree. to be like, this, this like little fantasy, now I'm going to actually try to execute on it. Right. It, it feels a little ridiculous. And so finding a collaborator with that who just takes it as seriously as you and is willing to treat it like a job is really rare and exciting. Yeah, I would say that, you know, otherwise I would give writing a book one star in terms of activities. Um, but the one thing that was good about it was that I didn't need anyone else to come aboard. You know, I didn't need, I didn't mm. I feel like I needed to convince anyone to write it with me or anything like that. And so I have a lot of ambitions for comedy related stuff. Like I want to write, I want to write television. I want to write sketches yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but in comedy d- doesn't really work on your own either. Well, it's like, just, you can't just live in your, like, it's just not going to be funny if you're trying to write it by yourself. So right. having someone who now I can send stuff to, like, I sent you that script that's lived in my computer for, like, two years, and now I get to share it with yeah. her and be like, well, now you get to look at it. Which was, I was thinking about that when you were talking about the fact that normally you'd show your mixes to, your demos to check or something like that. Yeah. Um, and how you kind of built up that trust, and now it's really scary to be like, I have to show someone yeah. this, and... Yeah, you know it's brand new feeling so I kind of when I was first sitting down to coffee and lunch yesterday I was like oh my god I have to give you ideas and and present them without apologizing for them and not laugh while I give them like you know it's it's suddenly it was very scary and I trust this person immensely but it's still a scary moment yeah um but I'm excited. I'm excited that there's someone who wants to make stuff with me and who would, you right, treat it like a job and take it seriously. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I think I've said this several times on the podcast, but, like, the evolution of you, I think if you from a few years ago heard yourself now just so confidently being like, I'm a writer, I'm a comedian, like, all it is is giving yourself permission. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know? I'm really grateful for for how my life is turning out. Yeah. Um, how was Tokyo? It was how fantastic. Was I really, really like Japan. I've never been before. Um, my dad was born there, and he just has always wanted to go back. And um, he retired from his job, like, December 18th, and then December 19th, we all flew to Tokyo. And wow. um, I really loved it. I think the Japanese culture is something that I I fit in really well with, which may or may not be for the best because it's all like you you feel very obligated to people and you feel like you need to make space for other people. Um, So I was like, this is great. Everyone's saying, excuse me and sorry, and no one's bumping into each other and no one's being grabby (laughs) or demanding. And I was like, I belong here. Um, Or like That's what my dad said about Japan when he was like, At first, it seems weird that people are wearing those face masks when they're sick, but then when you go back home and you're on a plane and people are, like, coughing on you and stuff, he's like, Jesus, like, why, like, why would you not wear a mask on your face? That's so unsanitary. Right, so I always thought that people did that because they didn't want to get sick, but I think actually um, it's either equal parts or more likely that what they're doing is covering their own sickness so that they're not spreading germs. Exactly. Which I think is really fascinating. And I also... We had a couple of arguments because we had some reservations that Catherine was like, we don't need to show up to that if we don't want to. And I was like, yes, we do. And so we went to the hotel, like, concierge, and we were like, can we cancel this? And they were like, oh, my God, no. Like, they're preparing for you. You have to – they're right. they're excited to have you. You have to go. And we, and I was – she was trying to tell me that it's a Western – it's not a Western. It's an industrialized city, and you can you can go by the same rules mm-hmm. as anywhere else. And I was like, no, I think it's really, really important to, to show yeah. up where you've said you're going to show up. Wow, that's um, which, cool. Which I really like. However, I do want to say that I probably was looking at Japan through rose-colored glasses. And right. if I, I talked to a woman who was about my age or a little older, and she was like, it's a horrible place to be a woman because oh, really? only men can be businessmen. Only, hmm. like, there's just a whole culture of, like, not having ambition, which I think is part of that old, good old-fashioned yeah nature that I'm yeah. talking about so I do well, want did you see did you ever watch the Ellen Page show did no talk about this no Ugh, we we should watch it together I only watched one episode and it was on Japan oh interesting um she she basically observed queer culture in a bunch of different 
societies and countries. Cool. What is that show called? Let me look it up. I know what you're talking about now, actually. I remember the ads for that. It was really good. It's on Netflix. Ellen Page. Um, Gaycation. Yeah, so Gaycation was a documentary series that she hosted with one of her friends, and they it's eight episodes. But they I think the very first episode is on Japan, and so it's just really interesting to to hear about, like, in another country, which districts you can go to right. and all of that. But I think even then it was, like, it's easier to be a gay man than a lesbian there. Yep, like, makes sense. Yeah, so... So there's just a lot of a lot of stuff to consider when you when you hop from culture to culture. That's all of our homework. Let's all watch that episode before okay. next week. Great. Um, I'll, so that, I'll rewatch it because clearly I don't remember enough of it. To not say at all. Else. Tell me about gay culture in Japan. <laughs> um, something about schoolgirl costumes and karaoke. <laughs> um. So basically, I don't know. I feel like. I came back and I think that I woke up on the morning of the first and I was like, okay, new year, like, let's, like, I'm ready. Um, which is kind of funny because I w- was kind of not dreading, but I was a little, you know, a little anxious about it. And then I woke up on the first and I was like, I'm ready for what's next. And I'm feeling a little bit better about like being in my apartment and, um, I have some, some, structure goals like you were talking about to make sure that I am not in my apartment all the time I have tons of friends who I love so dearly and I'm so grateful that I've made in the last year um I went dancing the other night in Brooklyn I just I am super excited about all the stuff that I've been doing I had a great new year's with friends um yeah that's amazing thank you I'm really excited yeah you you seem like you started to really build a nice little community for yourself in new york mm-hmm. and you've got miranda friend of the pod yeah they're they're a lifesaver i'm mainly um, just referring to miranda right well i'm so grateful for their friendship because now we're at the point where it's like what are you doing tonight nothing do you want to come over and watch a movie which is like my is what i've been waiting for basically right. is to have that yeah because um, that's kind of i think you and i have maybe have talked about this on the pod before but the it's okay to have a lot of friends but when you have friends that you constantly are you know, having dinner with and meeting out for coffee and stuff like that, you can still feel really lonely because it's yeah not comfortable and it's not and it's not just casual. So to be able to say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to boil some pasta, do you want to come over and watch, you know, XYZ and hang out in my sweatpants? Mm-hmm. Great gift. Yeah. Great gift. So it, I'm, it is. I'm it's super glad about that. Thing. And then this weekend after we had our, like, you know, talking about comedy goals – with my friend, I just went over to her apartment and we hung out and just both were like looking on our computers. Like it was, you know, it was just like a very casual, low key, I'm comfortable around you enough to be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel Buddy, like. I, th- I think also another one of my goals. Okay. It's not, it's not really a goal, but I was talking to my sister about this. I think I'm gonna, um, just like ask a few people on Tinder for <laughs> drinks. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, you are. I think are. I just have so much anxiety and pressure built up around the idea of it. And then I was talking to my sister and like some of her single friends and like some of her queer single friends or whatever, and they were just like, "Yeah, it's totally normal. Like that's literally just like you, it's new and scary and weird to you, but like that's what everyone does." Um, can I just say something? I was listening. And I'm so excited, <laughs> but I. Yes. I don't know that it's romantic or not, but someone that I thought was really cool that I want to hang out with, I had emailed and been like, hey, you want to grab coffee? Um, mm-hmm. And she didn't respond, and I was like, well, and she just texted mm-hmm. me and said, "Do you want, hey, I just got mm-hmm. back last night. Do you want to hang out this week? Woo! Yeah. So oh my gosh. romantic or not, I don't know, but uh, wow. I was excited about it, and then I was like, oh, my God, no one's responding to my emails these days. <laughs> and then, well, I think Miranda and I both gave you shit for emailing a girl to ask her for coffee i don't think it's that weird your way of your way of hitting on something it's not weird it's just very email is my comfort zone yeah email my heart by britney spears (laughs) oh no (laughs) email my heart um anyway besides that i just want to plug emma watson um as emma watson really needs our platform (laughs) really she needs yeah she's i'm doing this for a friend my friend emma wanted me to put her out there as an artist and 
and I just wanted to do her a favor. Follow her on socials, guys. Follow her on socials. She needs it. And (laughs) (laughs) um, been watching a lot of her movies recently. I just think she's delightful and so smart. I saw Little Women, which is why this all started again. Um, Mm -hmm. I also wanted to plug Come On Eileen as just one of the greatest songs to dance to ever. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that we had the option to just, like, shout out no, you Big don't, because it sounds like you're, you're trying to educate us. But for me, I just want to say that I've been oh. listening to it on repeat and dancing in my kitchen. Okay. You know what I've been listening to a lot? Lime and a Coconut? No. Oh. I actually should, should probably give it a spin. I haven't listened to that in a while. <laughs> give that record a spin. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to... <clears throat> Man, I feel like a woman. Oh, me, I've bit. listened to that too recently. Oh, it's so feel good. I we went out dancing before we left for the holidays. Um, I have a little dance group. It's it's Kevin, Miranda, and me. And um, dance they, group. Do you guys have a choreographed dance? Basically, we have we're just like very dorky dancers and want to dance but do not want to be in nightclub culture. So we have to have mm. very specific settings to dance together. But we love to go dancing together. And um, we went somewhere <laughs> and and man, I feel like a woman played and. It was Ugh. a lot of queer women in the in the room, and so it was just that played. Everyone knew all the words, and then come to my window played, and everyone knew all the words. Oh my god! Speaking of uh, wow. turning turning the, a disc, what did you say? Give it a spin. Speaking of giving it a spin, <laughs> I found myself this morning looking at how much DJ classes would cost me. And prohibitively expensive, but yeah, but. Keep it in the back pocket. Keep it in there. Yeah, and I said you would be a great party motivator. I think I would have really a lot of fun at weddings to DJ them. Did you did you read Tiffany Haddish's book? No, but I love her. Oh my god, it was so funny. I laughed out loud multiple times reading it, and you know how I don't like to laugh out loud. No, you don't like no any noises me. to disturb your silences. No, I just think it's weird to laugh when no one's around. <laughs> I don't um, understand you. I- <laughs> anyways it was so funny and there's a whole chapter about how she grew up like in south central la and to make money she was a party motivator and she would go to like all these like bar mitzvahs like rich kid bar mitzvahs oh man and then she had this one bar mitzvah oh my god this is like the funniest she went oh my god she went to a bar mitzvah and this old man was sitting down and then she like convinced him to stand up and then and everyone's like you're never gonna get him to stand up he's like he's old he's like kind of sick he just like doesn't want to do anything fun and then she got him to get up and dance and then he had a heart attack and died. oh my god shut up it's not funny at all but it is just like watching imagining her reaction to that is so horrifying and then she's like i can't do this anymore i killed a man oh my god oh you hate to laugh but you can't help it but then everyone there was like that was the happiest we'd seen him like he we'd never seen him be so you know have such a zest since he got sick really funny book highly recommend she had a crazy fucking life too it's like it's unbelievable how funny and awesome she is and the stuff she's gone through i truly can't wait to read it i think i might i might do an audiobook it's called the last black unicorn That's oh my god i, just, I bet I the audiobook it. is i bet the audiobook is amazing if she narrates it she does so narrate funny. it so i'm, I'm when wow. my credit comes in i'm looking for it can we share an audible account is that like you know why we can't happen? because you only get one book a month Oh, but, like, I couldn't listen to your books that you already have. Oh, sure. We can figure out how to do that. Because I want, I kind of want to re-listen. I read the book in, like, a day. It's a really quick read. But yeah. I feel like that'd be funny to listen to. Yeah, let's figure it out. Okay. But if Amazon's listening right now, we're, we're just n- kidding. We're married. <laughs> oh, get another reason we need to establish our, our uh, decoy fake, our podcast. Our fake relationship. Our, our decoy, <laughs> our decoy relationship. <laughs> Wow, well, with the unexpected guest um, of, of Dr. Claire, we, we didn't have a lot of time today. Or we, we, got, we covered different stuff than I thought we were going to cover. But um, this We is had exciting. the same amount of time. It just yeah. flew by. That's not what I meant. It flew by, yeah. Time is linear as far as we know. I guess. I don't know. I haven't decided on that. 
I've been thinking a lot about time. Yeah. As of late. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just so weird that, like, two months ago, my life was totally different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, pretty much every single person has said the only thing to do to heal you is time. Like, it's really the only, only, it only, is true. only thing. And I'm like, cool, well, that's, like, the one thing I can't control. So. Right. Well, that's the point. Great. You just kind of have to let it happen, which sucks. Yeah. But, but I do, um, the time thing really, you know, works wonders. Can't can't promise yeah, you that you I, won't have traumatic responses every time you accidentally see or interact with someone, but yeah. But you know what? I really do feel like I, get, I mentally I gave myself to the end of the year to really feel all of the sadness. You know, like mm-hmm. I was just like, don't be so, don't beat yourself up and don't. Yeah, because I was feeling like, oh my god, when am I gonna get my life together? Like I'm right. so sad. I feel like I can't do anything. Like I feel. And you've you've said a lot like to me. I'm like how come she? How come she gets to be yeah. happy and I'm sad? And like maybe I should go yeah. on dates or whatever. Yeah, exactly. She's just like literally in a new relationship. And when I ran into her a few weeks ago, she told me she's really happy. Okay, so, literally, um, fuck her. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. Okay, um, I just can't. Yeah, it's oh, we can we can delve into that conversation. We can reserve a whole episode for that. Even Jesus Christ, um, uh, it's good. It good class, wild. really classy move. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, you're right. Like I, I'm like how how come, you know, you're the one who broke my heart, and now I'm the one who has to be sad. It feels unfair. Um, but as we all know, life's unfair and there are worse things, yada, yada. But anyways, I gave myself to the end of the year to just like, I'm, you know, I just, I didn't want to have expectations on myself or like pressure myself yeah. or stress myself out more than I needed to. And then I made that nice list of goals. And now that it's January, I don't want to indulge in my sadness as much. I'm still, of course, like, it's important to feel it and acknowledge it and not bury it, but um, I'm kind of trying to, like, m- one of my, it's not really New Year's resolution, but I want to try not to cry. Like, if I'm feeling weepy, I want to try to turn that around before I get to the point where I'm crying, because I think it fucked with my immune system and, like, allowed me to get bronchitis, mm-hmm. that I was just crying so much for mm-hmm. a month, basically. So, anyway, I, this... January, I'm, you know, looking at it as a blank slate, and I'm not usually a big New Year's person with New Year's goals. I'm kind of like, oh, it's an arbitrary date and time, but it feels like it lined up really nicely for me to start fresh in a lot of ways and kind of. It's funny. It's funny how how it does feel tangible. Like I definitely woke up on the first feeling different than I did on the thirty first. Oh really? Mm Mhm. That's cool. Also, I've been taking a lot of drugs to sleep lately, and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Great. I, that's, I like that for you. I'm going to deal with drug abuse later, but for now, I just feel like I'm way too young to be tired all the time, and I just have really excellent sleep hygiene. You know, mm-hmm. I meditate, I don't look at the computer before bed, I read, I journal, Yeah. and it seems, feels really unfair to me that I shouldn't get a good night's sleep. <laughs> so recently, I've just been yeah. like, you know what, just take the drugs, man. Dude, you should just take Benadryl. Do you have I, allergies? Yeah, no, I took Benadryl last night. It didn't help. So I'm going to go back oh. to drugs. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, I, I have allergies anyway. And when I was a kid, my doctor was just like, give her Benadryl at night. Like, it, she yeah. needs it for her allergies anyway. Yeah. And then maybe she'll actually fucking sleep for once. Um. Yeah, so so I just, I'm excited. I'm really, I'm so humbled Uh. what a journey last year was. But I yeah. feel, and it's so, so, in, I know that we're way over time right now, but I have been journaling like three or four nights in a row now, um, mm-hmm. which was something I did when I first moved here. I journaled every single night and I'm on the same notebook that I d- was when I started 2018, which is really weird because normally it was mm-hmm. like my longest was six months and then I had a three month journal. So for me to be mm-hmm. on it 12 months later is bizarre and I just think that's a lot about how the year went and how something maybe mm-hmm. just is different this year than last year. Um, mm-hmm. And I am I just have been feeling a lot better about writing in my note. It's just really interesting to, like, look at this notebook and be like, wow, look how scarcely and how hard it was for you to document this year. 
um, mm. this is a new year for you and, and you're starting fresh, like you said. Mm. Cool. And as always, I'm grateful for you and your friendship. I'm so grateful for you. I don't know what I'd do without you. And I'm grateful for this podcast. Yeah, me too. And I'm really grateful that you guys listen to this. And um, send your questions for Dr. Claire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if you need a doctor, you now have a friend in Claire. Yeah. Okay, well, bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. Love you. Love you so much. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.